Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi, and you are listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> We're working on a series of sexual issues, and our topic tonight is centered on, for males, body dysphoria, or having issues around sex due to body shape, size, any number of issues around body image. And so we're going to be going through some of the myths and some of the things that are out there that can be harmful to body image issues, and then some ways to work around it. I think one of the big issues for a lot of guys is penis size. A lot of guys think, oh, I'm not big enough, and I know in porn... You see these guys that have these big hunking cocks. <laughs> I'll say right off the bat, those are rare. <laughs> That's why they get paid the bucks they get paid in porn industry, because they're unusually big. It's kind of rare. And so if you're comparing yourself to a guy that's a porn star, then you're not going to meet many guys that are built that size. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to say that off the top. But anyway, you want to jump in, Paul? Yeah, definitely. One of the things I will say about 
having concerns around penis size. I know that for a long time I had that issue. Like I was worried about the size of my penis. I've gotten to the point where I'm actually completely happy with my size. And like, I kind of like being an average size person. One thing that a lot of people don't understand is there are a lot of women who get overstimulated with big penises. A lot of women, just like penis have, penises have different size, women's vaginas are like different depths as well. And the average vagina is built for the average dick. I know that for a lot of people that have really long penises, they have a hard time having sex because they wind up like hitting a girl's cervix before they bottom out. And I know that most women do not enjoy that. And I think the other thing is that a lot of times people judge like in the shower room when the most men are flaccid. <laughs> and while some men are pretty look pretty large, even in the shower flaccid, when it gets hard, it doesn't get that much bigger. And some people are more of a grower than a shower <laughs> when they're flaccid. I mean, I, mine's only about an inch long. It, well, it depends on the temperature. It can be even shorter when it's cold, when it's flaccid. But I've got an average size. A lot of people think, oh, I'm way too small. And one of the illusions is, is that when you're looking down at your own penis, you're getting a different perspective than when someone's looking straight onto it. It looks smaller looking down on it. Whereas when you're looking at it from the side or from the front, it looks bigger. And so I kind of wanted to dispel that myth and give some kind of ideas on actual sizes. The average size of most men is around five and a half to six inches. Some get up to seven, and eight is pretty rare. And above eight, you're kind of getting into the porn industry size that these guys get hired because they're kind of unusually big. So I just kind of wanted to dispel that myth. But also, the other side of it, as Paul said, if you're too long, you're going to hit the cervix, and that's a very sensitive area that doesn't feel good for most women. The other myth I'd kind of like to break is that it doesn't matter what size you are because the for f at least 40% of the women, they don't have much feeling inside the vagina. It's more in the clitoris. And so you can be six feet long, <laughs> and if she doesn't feel anything inside the vagina, it doesn't matter if it's six inches, three inches, one inch, or a foot. <laughs> it doesn't do anything unless you hit the cervix. <laughs> and that's not what you want to be doing. So I just kind of wanted to dispel that kind of myth that 
penis size is more of an ego trip, I think, more of an ego thing than an actual sexual performance thing. The other side of it is that the girth of the penis is actually even more important than the length. And most guys average about four to six inches circumference around the penis when it's erect. And that's pretty good size. It fills, and it gives that full feeling when you're inside. And I think that has more to do with satisfaction than length. <laughs> but anything you want to add to that? Yeah, definitely. Like, I'd also like to have a note for people that are below average lengths uh, who might be listening. I remember I was listening to Dan Savage one time, and he was saying that he's been running a sex column for a long time, and he was actually really surprised. A lot of the partners of men that had micro-penises actually report having a very satisfying sex life because the men knew that they couldn't rely on their dick to get the job done. So they had to improvise and learn what to do with their mouths and their hand and things like that. There are a number of lesbians that have extremely fulfilling sex lives with no penis. So even if you are below average, it's still not something to feel bad about. I had a sexual experience recently with a person that had a micropenis, and it was a very good sexual experience. We, we both had fun. They really turned me on. I really turned them on, and we were able to have a really, really fun night. So, like, it really doesn't matter if you do find yourself uh, below average. For me, being a hermaphrodite, I always felt like my penis was way too big, especially when it got erect. <laughs> I mean, that seems kind of illogical on the surface, but it felt too big to me. It didn't feel right to have that size. And, and I had to deal with some of the dysphoric, dysphoria around being intersex. I think partly just feeling like something was missing and not having a vulva and not having a, a vagina just felt wrong. And it would have felt just equally as wrong to not have a penis. And that's kind of the paradox of being an intersex, I think, at least from my perspective. I wish they had never done the surgeries they did on me. I would have liked to have had my vulva <laughs> as well as a penis because I like having both. I like being the gender I was born to be. And I think that brings up something that I learned very early on. It's not so much what you have because I had to kind of work around these issues. It's how you use what you have. And I learned real quickly that most women really prefer a lot of clitoral stimulation or stimulation near the clitoris. Mm -hmm. Sometimes direct clitoral stimulation can be way too much. Mm -hmm. 
if you kind of think about it, think there's something like 10,000 nerve endings in the clitoris, and the head of the penis only has about 6,000 nerve endings. And think about the size of the head of the penis as compared to the clitoris. It's very concentrated. And so very, it doesn't take a lot of stimulation. You have to learn how to stimulate it correctly so that it's not overstimulated. And you have to wake it up fully first. And so I kind of go into this because if you do have a micropenis or you feel like you're a little too small, start looking at what really counts in female sexuality. It's more in the clit and learn how to be a clit expert. Yeah. Right now we're talking about penis size, but like people have body dysphoria around a number of different things. I think that everyone, at least at some period of their life, goes through having strong feelings about a part of their body they really don't like as much. And I think sometimes it comes like from a disconnect of like how we feel internally versus how things look externally. It might be that you feel like a really strong person and you want to have a lot of muscle, but you don't, or you're chubbier than you would like or fatter than you would like. It might be the opposite, that you've got a lot of external muscles and you feel more like a twink and you feel light and airy, but that's not the way the outside of your body looks. Some men have issues with their body hair. Some men have are very sensitive about the fact that they don't grow any chest hair. There's a whole range of different things that can trigger people. And for every thing you don't like about yourself, there's someone out there who has a body that you would much prefer who wishes they have what you do. And I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind and remember. One of the things we were talking about during our last show and gets brought up quite a bit around here is how good it is to have these alternative communities where we run our temple because it gives you the opportunity to see a lot of regular people naked with all sorts of different bodies. And I know that Gigi says a lot of times that he's never seen an ugly person like in the middle of orgasm. Because when you are filled with that sexual energy, like you're filled with a light and a beauty that transcends the rest of your body. And I think that that's very true. And I know that one of the things that Gigi had me work a lot on in the beginning was doing daily affirmations. Would you like to tell them a little bit about affirmations? Sure. I think that a lot of times we look in the mirror and we, the only thing we can do is criticize ourselves with our inner voice. And we're taught 
often in our culture to look at the negative and to dwell on the negative, and we overlook the positive oftentimes. And one of the things I started having to do for myself was start questioning, is this true? These things I'm scolding myself about or being critical about, is it really true I'm too skinny or too fat or too small or too big? And then the second question I always ask right afterwards is, where is this coming from? And I know for me, a lot of my body issues were coming from Hollywood and this whole body, beautiful, perfect body that has been sculpted and created as an illusion, even stars do not have that beauty when they first get up in the morning. <laughs> it takes makeup artists and hair designers and lighting experts and all kinds of people. And once I realized where this was come, part of where it was coming from was that, okay, so I don't have someone to put makeup on me and do the lighting and the hair work and the all that goes into creating this Hollywood version of beauty. Or, and I say Hollywood, it's also in most commercials and mass media. This whole image of what's supposed to be beautiful. Once I started questioning these things and finding out where it came from, I started looking at myself a little differently. And when I asked, is this really true that I'm too skinny? I started changing my thinking patterns. And part of how I did that was through daily affirmations. Instead of saying, oh, I'm too skinny, I said, oh, my arms are long, slender, and elegant in their length. And I started looking at the positives and retraining myself to Really, and this is kind of an exercise I did for a while. I said, okay, look at yourself naked in front of a mirror. And if anything negative comes up, just shout stop in your mind mentally. And only look for the positive. See what you like about your body. And it was when I did that, I started like creating new affirmations, new statements affirming the beauty that I did see in myself. And I love the shape of my cock. <laughs> and I love my nipples and many parts of my body I find very sexy and attractive today. And it was through putting in those positive affirmations and I actually have them taped on my phone, tape recorded. And each morning I raise erotic energy, I masturbate until I'm close to ejaculation, close to an orgasm, and I stroke myself very slowly and hit the play button on my phone. And I listen to this, I've got about, oh, a good 15, 20 
positive affirmations. And what I discovered is that when we become highly aroused, we become more receptive, especially at a subconscious level. And so I started listening in this receptive state. And the subconscious is kind of a funny thing. It likes, it will believe the statements you tell yourself without question. And if there's any dilemma, the subconscious goes to work to fix it. <laughs> and so subconsciously, I didn't do this on purpose, I signed up for a gymnastics class. And I signed up for modern dance class and even ballet and started learning to become more graceful and elegant due to the statements I'd been telling myself. And I didn't put these together at the moment. It's only in hindsight that I realized, oh, okay, I'm fulfilling what I've been telling myself through these daily affirmations. And so we become, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. What we tell ourselves, we become. I, I also think that flows pretty well into a point I wanted to make. And when you have things going on in your body that you feel that you don't have control over and things that you would like to maybe change about your body or have be different than they are, a lot of times people get so bogged down with all of that they don't do the things that they can change. Maybe you will never be a world-class athlete with like a world-class physique, but you can work out. You can start jogging a little bit every day. Uh, and that's not to say that you need to do these things to have a, an acceptable body. All bodies are acceptable and beautiful. And there's there's other things like grooming. If you, you think that you're too hairy, well, you you can shave and you can sculpt your pubic hair into something that is more appealing. One of the things that people don't realize with porn is a lot of porn stars shave their pubic hair, and it really does make your dick feel bigger and look bigger without that hair there. So like if that's an issue you have, you can start shaving your pubic hair or or trimming it and sculpting it. A lot of times we've decided in in you know the society that men don't wear makeup, that's for women, but there are plenty of men who wear makeup and you can do very masculine makeup. So maybe exploring your op your options with that. Got a good friend who says that eyeliner looks good on everybody. I tend to agree. So there are things that are within your control, but I do understand that, like when you get bogged down to a certain level, you you stop paying attention to those things. And I think that taking control of the things that you can about your body is a really good first step to feeling differently about your body. 
This is kind of on the other side of the subject, but I think one of the things that love and sex is really about is the forces of attraction. Not all women are attracted to these guys that are studly and built and have the six-pack abs. Some women like robust men. Men and women both come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> and I know that I've been with, not everybody's going to like a skinny guy like me. And some are going to love a skinny guy like me. It's all about attraction. And you're not going to attract everybody. And I think part of it is kind of giving some thought to what are your personal preferences who do you, how do you like to identify as? What do you like to look like? And not trying to please others, but to really come from a perspective of, well, this is how I envision myself to be. Not so much because I think this would be popular, but because this is authentically me. And really start questioning some of that and saying, well, how do I like to present myself? Now, me, I like to shave. I don't like body hair on myself. I don't mind it on partners, but I like to be very, and I think it kind of goes back to my days when I was into swimming a lot. Body hair's a drag in the water, literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, I realized when I started shaving my legs and shaving my pubes and even my arms, I don't have any chest hair, so, and shaving my face, I glided through the water much more cleanly. And I think also when I get lubed up and all lubricated all over my body and rub against another naked body it feels so good when I'm hairless <laughs> it's just my personal preference now I've known people that love body hair and they love to have it on themselves and on their partners and so there's a lot of people that like very different things that's the beauty of the human condition if you're one, if you think, oh, I'm too big or too small or too this or too that, well, that's okay because there's going to be someone that's attracted to you. And what is it that brings us together? It's the forces of attraction. And that's what really counts, bottom line. I don't think anybody would, if they're super hot on you and attracted to you, are going to go, Oh, your penis is half an inch too short. Get out of here. <laughs> One piece of advice that I have for straight men that might not have any gay friends, make some gay friends. Because one of the things that is nice about spending so much time in the gay community as a man is that gay men will tell you what they think is attractive about you. And they'll also give you, you know, tips about like what they think would make you more attractive. They might be like, 
you've worn your facial hair in that style, and I don't think it suits your face. They'll give you actionable things that that you can try to modify and see how that fits you and how it, it touches you. Gay men tend to be very, men in general are very visual creatures, and a lot of their attraction is based on their immediate perception of you. And so, like, I think that if you are a straight dude and you don't really have any gay friends, maybe try making some gay friends. And you might be surprised how much that will change your attractiveness to other people. There's a reason that uh, they they have uh, Queer Eye. Gay men do know a lot about aesthetics. So just a small piece of advice. And I think on an, on the other side of that, once again, it's really all about feeling attractive, not trying to make yourself something you're not. And I think it is good advice to go to a gay guy and say, hey, I remember it wasn't necessarily a gay guy, but I went to a woman that had real good fashion sense. And I said, I want you to take me out shopping and you pick out outfits for me. What do you think would make me look sexy and attractive? And we did. And I mean, whoa, (laughs) it was amazing, the transformation. So even if you can't find a gay guy, find someone that's dresses really sharp and attractive, somebody that you think looks really hot and say, hey, you want to take me out shopping? Help me start looking a little bit more sexy. (laughs) And that can be a big help because... I know, I don't have the fashion sense. It's something I had to cultivate over many years of meeting with people that did and learning about fashion. And some some of us, we have to learn it. Some people, it's kind of, they have an eye for it, a natural eye for it. So find someone that can help out with your fashion sense, if you think that that would be a help. But I think the bottom line is be authentically you. Be who you are and shine out. And I think the other side of the morning affirmations, when I raise sexual energy, it does something to the chemistry set of my body. I start putting out more pheromones. I put out more radiance, this energetic glow. And by doing that, people pick up on it. I remember right after I first started doing my affirmations, within a few weeks, people were noticing a change. And and it's that force of attraction. All of a sudden, that started kicking in. I had people coming up and asking me out, and that had never happened before. I think another area that helps with body dysphoria is working on attitudes and values. Going with a more amazing attitude about life. If you're always dwelling on the negative and you have a lot of negative self-talk, that's going to show up energetically. 
But if you're coming across positive, you're full of life and zest, that's going to attract people. One of the things I wanted to touch on, like when, about what you were talking about, as far as clothing goes, you'd be surprised how how rare it is for people to wear clothes that really fit them. I know that lots of people wind up wearing clothes that are too big or too baggy and completely hide their entire form. Sometimes people that feel bigger than they would like to be or fatter than they would like to be, they'll try to get really tight clothing to kind of squeeze everything in. One of the things that really helped me to get better with that, I had a girlfriend that was really into fashion and uh, even made clothes. And I got her to take my measurements and let me know like what my measurement was and where clothes should fall on me and Really, switching to clothes that that fit me well did a lot for my confidence and also did make me look a lot better. Mm-hmm. And boy, we're already just station break. <laughs> Time flies on this show sometimes. <laughs> I do want to remind people to check out my websites. There's ravensearleather.com. And there's ggwilbur.com. And that's two G's, W-I-L-B-U-R dot com. And sex coaching, strangely enough, can also go a long ways. Some of the sexual issues that we're going to talk about have overlap with other sexual issues. So we'll be talking about some sexual issues that kind of overlap into body image on the second half of this show, but I do want to say that sometimes sex coaching can help with some of these other issues that can affect body image, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more. Also, we do have a Patreon page if you are getting something out of the show, and it's giving you new perspectives and opening new doors for you. Give some thought to supporting the show a little bit. It can be as little as a dollar a month or five dollars a month, whatever you can afford easily. It would go a long ways to help us out. Anything you want to add to Station Break? Yeah, if you want to visit our Patreon page, there's two ways to go about it. Either you can go on ravenslayerleather.com and find the link to our Patreon, or you can just go to patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. As Gigi was saying, like whatever you can chip in to help make the show go would go a long way. One thing I wanted to ask you, Gigi, are we doing a temple this, this month? Actually, I did want to kind of announce that. We've discontinued the virtual Aphrodite's Temple for a couple of reasons. Number one, we haven't gotten as much turnout as we wanted. And number two, we've got 
live temple coming up at Unbroken Spring in a couple of weeks. And then in the middle of April, we've got live temple at a pagan festival. So we're going to be pretty busy doing it because it takes a lot to take temple places. We've got a lot of equipment to set up, plus our tents and all the gear that we have to take and then toys and accessories. And, of course, I always like to dress pretty, even though I'm mostly naked. I still have outfits I wear that still I'm very naked from the waist down. (laughs) But I like to look good, and so I take quite a wardrobe with me, and oftentimes only wear half of what I take, if that much. (laughs) But it's still a lot of work to do all that. So that's partly why we decided to discontinue the virtual temple for a while. If we get enough interest, we're going to start being a little bit more selective about who we bring into Aphrodite's virtual temple, because we want people that are really into the set, becoming more sex positive and living a sex positive lifestyle and really want to develop and grow as a sex positive person. It's my personal belief that we are living in the dark ages in our culture when it comes to sexuality. And we're I think we're on the cusp of entering into a new age of sexual enlightenment. And so I think part of me wants to bring about a special place for people to meet virtually that are really into this whole new age of sexual enlightenment. And so if you're interested and you feel like you are that kind of person, contact me. My email address is admin at ggwilber.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So, back to our topic about body dysmorphia. I know that a lot of these things can also kind of sneak up on you. Part of my training with Gigi was over body image healing. And when Gigi asked me, like, like, actually, I feel pretty confident in my body. I couldn't think of anything that I really hadn't an issue with. But it really wasn't until I started my training that like I re-remembered like my trauma around my my penis size and also like went through a long period where I felt bad that my face wasn't particularly uh, symmetrical and you know things like that. And if if you're sitting here and you're like, oh this is an issue that doesn't 
really apply to me, you might really give it some time and think of what your mind talk is saying. Because you might be feeding yourself negative messages without ever knowing it. And oftentimes, living in a sex-negative culture can be so toxic in a way. We're kind of spoon-fed this whole concept of being youthful and being beautiful and having just the right shape and size and and we're bombarded with images of what's supposed to be real beauty. Real beauty via Hollywood is really an illusion. And I can't emphasize that enough because what do we do? We compare ourselves to the images we see and we don't we can't measure up. No human no real human being ever can. And I bring that up because it's really important to take an honest look and and be authentic and say, okay, I'm going to be authentically me. And you know what? When you're dancing naked around Revel's fire and being admired and admiring the other naked dancers, who gives a screw fuck about, oh, I've got too skinny a legs or... I'm this or I'm that. They're not looking at that. They're looking at the beautiful form dancing through. And when it comes to the bedroom, one of the things I discovered was that, and have really grown to appreciate, is how well the body does work, how well my cock responds, how well my partner's cock or pussy responds how well they respond at a sexual level, the energies we raise together. And I can tell you, it's, it's so amazing to see and feel sexual energy as you raise it together and how magical that can be. And what an amazing phenomenon it is that we can get into this whole different state of consciousness that's more intuitive, more beautiful in a way, and certainly more present with yourself and with your partner, being authentic and vulnerable. I think that's where the real beauty shines through so amazingly. Because when I can touch someone and just barely feathery touch them, and see their whole body quiver from that light touch and see them respond and just get super turned on by it. That's amazing. <laughs> I know one of the things that I discovered through training under Gigi and doing the work that we've been doing together is that when I raise sexual energy every day, when I fill myself up with these wonderful feelings and I learn what I really, really like deep down and subtle ways that I can, can stimulate my body and the different ways to go about stimulating my body and how much of a difference you can make with 
just a, a brush of your hand or like touching your neck very softly uh, or pinching your nipple or things like that. As I raise all of this sexual ener- energy, it makes me feel a lot better about my body. One of the things is I'm disabled. I have cerebral palsy. I have really bad chronic pain. The experience of living in my body is sometimes torturous. And I didn't have a whole lot of positive perception of living in my body because of all of the pain that I was going through. But since I've been raising sexual energy every day, and since I've been teaching myself to be a better lover to myself and a better lover to others, and I've brought people extreme sexual satisfaction, like there's a pride in it, but there's also like just a, a positive feeling that I feel about my body. Uh, you know, I might be disabled and everything might hurt, but my body is still capable of so many things and so many beautiful things. And raising sexual energy every day has given me a new appreciation for my body. And I think that it's something that exudes outside of myself. I think, you know, that is one of the reasons why my sex life has gotten so much better is the positive stories I've told myself about myself, about my body and the things I'm capable of. It truly does become a self-fulfilling prophecy what we tell ourselves. I know that part of my affirmations every day is about my being a sacred harlot and that I exude sexual energy at will. (laughs) I know that when I'm at festivals and doing work as a sacred harlot, I'm captivating people's imaginations and opening the door to sexuality for people. Just in being present and being who and what I am. And I think I owe a lot of it to these affirmations that I tell myself that I am amazing, an amazing sexual creature. And I open the door to another side of sexuality a lot. We haven't discussed a whole lot on the show. We've kind of touched on it here and there. But that's the primal side of sexuality. It's the part of sexuality that there are no words. It gets so deeply primal. It's like that moment when you're in the throes of passion and you start radiating. It's like Carl Sagan said, we're composed of stardust. Well, guess what ignites that stardust? It's sexual passion. All of a sudden we glow, we shine out in the world through her amazing primal side, it shows, and we become radiant. The word radiant is in ways, many ways connected to the sun. It is radiant energy. 
And we are radiant beings. We are energy beings within the stardust. So I'm getting a little poetic here, I know, but but I think it helps to kind of think about who and what we are in this world. And how can we really shine out? And I think part of it is that bringing that inner spirit and developing our character. I was going to touch on this a little bit, but I think one of the issues that can really affect body image is dating skills and social skills. When you don't have good social skills, that can take a toll on body image as well. If you feel like you're fumbling for words and it's like, I know that in the past I've met women and men, it's like I walk up to them and all of a sudden I'm tongue-tied. It's like I'm wobbly in the knees. It's like, ooh, baby, baby, I've lost my abilities to do anything. I can't function. You're so beautiful. And I'm, you know, just flabbergasted. And it was learning to really give myself permission and feel worthy to be able to love someone that looks that attractive and to be lovable by them. And I think that's part of the messaging that sex-positive affirmations helps us with. It opens the door to getting rid of that awkwardness when we meet someone we think, oh, he or she would never want to go out with me, and we have all these fears wrapped around it. Well, no. Once you start embracing and becoming authentically yourself, it's like a lot of those fears, you have to face them a little bit, but then they evaporate. I remember I had a, a friend one time who had a lot of a lot of body issues, and then he wound up volunteering for being a model at a still life class, and through modeling for them and seeing how other people saw him, it really helped him discover some of the beauty inside of him. I had a partner for a while that was a really good photographer that liked to take lots of pictures. And I saw this side of myself I don't often see in pictures, like through their photography. It might be something as simple as starting to take regular selfies and posting them on social media, things like that. These are little things that you can do to boost your confidence. And like with a lot of things in life, you kind of fake it till you make it. And then one day you'll look at the pictures that you're taking of yourself and you'll realize that the smile in that picture is genuine and it's coming from deep inside of you. And you'll notice a confidence, you know, start to develop and you'll feel it in the way that you talk to people and how you express yourself. You might notice a bounce in your step. You might realize that 
you're walking confidently through the the supermarket. Uh, As I started feeling better about my self-image and my body, I noticed myself flirting a lot more with people. People noticed it in me as well. So I think that a lot of times there are small opportunities that we can take that will give us a little trial run like every day, a little practice to be the better version of ourselves. And art is a great way to go about like uncovering that in you. So I think that's another thing that can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd like to kind of take a moment and kind of give some thought to this too. It's like, and for guys out there, a lot of guys tend to be more visually oriented. And what's kind of interesting is that a lot of women, there are some that are visually oriented, but a lot more are more oriented towards the emotions and to having someone just compliment them more to the verbal and more to the emotional side. And if you're just going out trying to look really beautiful to a population of people that that's just not going to sink in much. That's They're not visually oriented. They're not going to see the beauty that well. Or it doesn't make that big a difference for them. Then you're spending a lot of time on wasted effort. I think what really will help you attract more people is becoming more of a character developing your authentic self and shining out and being kind of open to the emotional side. I know this is kind of hard for a lot of guys. It's like we're taught to not get in tune with our emotions. But it's not so much like being sitting down and having a emotional fest. <laughs> it's more giving someone that emotional support and saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate who you are and I love who you are and I admire who you are. And that's kind of an emotional support. has nothing to do with how we look or how we perform. It's more just saying, hey, I'm here because I feel an attraction towards you that you are amazing and I want to be here to support you. And I think that will go a lot longer ways than having the most gorgeous look. (laughs) But any thoughts, Paul? Uh, Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I try to do in my friendships, and I've been doing it for a while, is... I try to find things I like about my friends and compliment those things and encourage your your friends to do the same with you. The 
people who care about you, the people who love you, might see things that you're missing because you're so focused on the things you don't like about yourself. And it can completely reframe how you think of yourself. See yourself through the eyes of the people who really care about you. And it can be amazing like what you can find. And then also finding ways to compliment your friends and helping them to see those beautiful sides of them is also really helpful. I know that like one of the things that me and Gigi do, uh, Gigi has been teaching a class on body image healing for a long time, a workshop. And one of the things that we do in our workshop is we go around and like everyone, if they choose to, can either get naked or in whatever that they're wearing and stand and like have people look at them and people take like turns like giving each other compliments and saying the things that they really like about the other person. And one of the things I noticed the last time we were running the workshop is that there were a lot of groups of people who knew each other well. And it was interesting to see the things that the strangers were complimenting them on and the things that people's close friends were complimenting them on. And to get that perspective of someone who really loves this person, like the things that they immediately notice about a person, it was really beautiful and eye-opening. And it made me look a little deeper at people. And I, I think that that's one of my favorite workshops that we run for that reason. And I think one of the amazing things about that exercise is that I've been doing it for years and years, and I've learned that people like things about me that I never knew I possessed. <laughs> uh, they admire certain qualities that at one time I was clueless about. And it was really kind of intriguing to realize, oh, really? Wow. And it really gave me a lot of, not just confidence, but self-worth in mm -hmm. this. And, and also taught me the value of other people, how beautiful they can be and how amazing they can be that we all see a whole different perspective. And someone once asked me, if you had a friend that told you the things you tell yourself, how long would you stick around with them? And that was when I had a lot of negative self-talk. I kind of thought about that, you know. I was in many ways my own worst enemy. <laughs> and I think that's where sex-positive erotic affirmations really can make such a transformative difference in your life. Because all of a sudden you can turn around that negative, self-critical, destructive mind talk and really start appreciating yourself for who and what you are. I know it's made a big difference in my life, being able to see the amazing, beautiful person that I am.
and I'm speaking not from this kind of vainful sense, but more in a fully appreciative sense that we all have value. We all have something that's amazing and beautiful. Sometimes it can be a little bit hidden behind some of our own negative thinking, but it's there if you dig deep enough. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that's nice about this path of self-discovery is it's it's amazing how quickly it can uh, can blossom and really unfold. You know, I've I've known I've known a lot of people who had really negative self-image and then they either found the right group of people or they started working on the things they could work on or there was some kind of shift that they made and then they went from being very very critical of themselves to extreme like self-love pretty quickly and it, i think it's something we're all capable of and i think that it's really one of the best gifts you can give yourself just a little hint and this is kind of the cure for body dysphoria when a lot of it comes from the things we tell ourselves about ourselves the things we think we dislike where is that coming from is it really true and when we dig a little deeper, we discover, I am enough. I am beautiful. I am amazing for just who and what I am. Once I become authentic, and, and I think also we haven't touched on it on this show, but we have on past shows, forming that genital heart connection. Really bringing the heart and into sexuality, bringing that kind of fullness, that compassion and love back to the raw sex energy and bringing raw sex energy to our heart. It's, it's kind of this paradoxical thing, but it's amazing where it can take you. And I think an another thing, if you're going through a period where you're open to to changing the way you see yourself and you're open to loving yourself more and you're still not quite there and you're going through process of trying to figure out how to go about it one of the things that is very powerful and i i think it's the first step that a lot of people need is remember you are not your body. The meat puppet we wear is just a vessel that contains the part of us that is truly us. It's your thoughts, it's your soul, it's the way that you love. And, and those are the things that make up who you are. So if you are ready to love yourself and still have are having problems with the outside vessel, like one of the first things you need to remember is th that 
sack of skin and bones is not you. I think on a side note with that is that when we can become authentic and really shine out and form those kind of spiritual genital heart connection and get into more of the spiritual side of sexuality, all of a sudden you see the body image is kind of a little bit on the superficial side. It's when you can connect with the the energy being within another person that can really take you places and bring about that ignition of passion. It's like, I don't think, I know that they make now robots that are fuckable. <laughs> and it's like, where are you going to, how far are you going to go? It's great for just sex, and I'm not saying anything wrong with that. But it's not going to give you that connection. It's not going to give you that that deeper passion and that, and what we alluded to a little earlier, that that primal part of sexuality. What you can get is through really getting in tune with your heart and your body and your inner spirit is that primal side, getting in touch with that passion. And when you ignite the passion, it is beautiful. It, it shines out. It outshines everything else. <laughs> and I'd like to kind of end tonight with a little bit of a mantra, or is it called mantra? Or mantra. mantra that I learned. It's self within self, behold self. And kind of think about those words and what they mean. Self within self, behold self. I learned a lot from that mantra. And it really kind of gave, got me in touch with the energy being within me, the, the who and what I am, deep at my core being. And when you can let that core being shine out, that's a very strong force of attraction. <laughs> Any last words? Yeah. You know, one of the practices that you've really helped me get into, and it's one of the purposes of our mo modern-day temple, and you talk about all the times how it was one of the main purposes of the ancient sex temples is the idea that people would go to the sex temples not just to worship the gods, but to worship others as gods and to be worshipped as gods. One of the things that I've really gained a lot in my spirituality through our workings is reconnecting with the, the divine sense of self and remembering that I am a God and that we're all divine 
beings having a human experience. You'd say all the time that we are energy beings. And that the thing that animates us, the animism, is what drives everything. And I, I think that it's really, really hard to dislike yourself when you remember that you are a god. Mm-hmm. And I think there is so much to that. We sometimes get lost in our day-to-day lives and our mundane life, and it's like with bills to pay and punching the clock and all the the obligations of modern day life, we kind of lose sight of who and what we truly are inside. It's like we get so wrapped up in the past and the future, we forget to live in the present. And that's where sexuality can be such a great gift because it brings us back to being fully present with ourselves, with each other, the future and the past kind of melt away when we're in the throes of passion. All of a sudden, we're focused in on the here and now, the moment. And that's really what we all have. There is no tomorrow, and yesterday's already gone. It's this moment that we can fully reach the throes of ecstasy and reach this elevated state of being where we're fully alive and fully in a state of ecstasy. And that's a choice we can make at any point in our time to say, okay, I'm going to take a break from all this. I'm going to put aside some time and just get into the moment and into passions of love. And on that note, (laughs) have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy your bodies. Enjoy the pleasures and see where they can take you. Good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition 
of adult bedtime stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.